You're listening to Legal Skies, a podcast by the Law Society of Saskatchewan. This is Season 1, Episode 3. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Julie Shabawali. I'm the new communications specialist at the Law Society of Saskatchewan, and I'm very happy to be here with you. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about Access to Justice Week, which is right around the corner from October 20th to the 25th. In studio, I have Melody Hodges-Newfeld, who is the Director of Legal Resources and Communications here at the Law Society. And joining us on the phone from Saskatoon is Bree Lowenberger from the College of Law at the University of Saskatchewan, and also Kim Newsham from the Ministry of Justice. Thank you for joining us to discuss the upcoming Access to Justice Week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can you give us a brief overview of the week and how it came about? Thank you for having us. Um, So Access to Justice Week started in 2016. Um, So we're now heading into our fourth annual week. And uh, other provinces um, are also hosting weeks now, too. Um, But Saskatchewan um, was the first province alongside Ontario in 2016 to uh, to start a week that recognizes access to justice. Um, In the context of Saskatchewan, uh, our week came out of um, our 2016 Deans Forum on Access to Justice, topic of putting the public first. That sounds great. And what are you hoping to accomplish this year during Access to Justice Week? Oh, uh, Melanie here. I, I guess I'll take that one. Um, well, we're trying to engage in um, new and diverse voices in the Access to Justice conversation. Um, we're trying to highlight initiatives to, that aim to improve access to justice for Saskatchewan residents. And we're going to talk about some of the adi- uh, initiatives we're working on a little bit later in our podcast. And perhaps even more importantly, we're really hoping to make some new partnerships uh, the partnership that we formed, um, you know, with Create Justice, the Ministry of Justice, and the Law Society have, have really been fruitful. And like I said, we're going to discuss some of those initiatives a little later. And we also hope to raise some awareness among service providers of all the services that are out there. Um, there's been a, you know, a growing list of services, resources that are really aimed at increasing access to justice and, and making it easier for the public to get the, the legal information and services they need. Yeah, you mentioned the public there. Uh, What is the public need for access to justice? What programs or resources are they looking for? So we we have, um, as uh, listeners will be aware, um, many fantastic um, initiatives in Saskatchewan that aim to improve access to justice and have for years, um, such as Pro Bono Law Saskatchewan um, in Saskatoon are, are um, classic organization and the Public Legal Education Association of Saskatchewan among, you know, the numerous layers across the province that do do great work each day. Um, but what we do know across Canada um, from recent study that was done, what is the Canadian Forum on Civil Justice? This, this statistic is quite shocking. Um, recent report indicates that only 11.7% of Canadians who have a legal issue get the help they need. Um, so we've got about 88% of Canadians who could be getting legal help um, without the help that they need. Um, and, you know, this, this type of statistic is, 
is um, quite overwhelming to think about in terms of the unmet needs um, across Canada. Um, we're now um, through Create Justice and working with our, our partner organizations through the Saskatchewan Access to Justice Network, um, trying to get better data on what the needs are in Saskatchewan. There's much information, anecdotal kind of data and evidence, um, but as we move forward um, with with addressing kind of what we anecdotally know about the needs in Saskatchewan, um, we're we're trying to get a better a better uh, look at what the actual needs are across the province. And, and just to add to what Bree is saying, it's Kim here. Um, we know from talking to court staff that there are some issues that, that come up regularly that people are looking for assistance for and coming to the courthouse because they don't know where else to go. So areas like wills and estates, family law, debtor-creditor, employment law, we know that there needs to be more information available in a variety of formats for people. Um, similarly, when we asked libraries to start collecting data about what kind of requests for information they were getting, it was the same areas of law that were coming up again there too. Family law, debtor-creditor, wills, estates, and employment law. So we know we need to do a little bit more in those areas. Um, and even if anyone shows up to a family law chambers day, you'll note that probably half the files that are being heard in court that day have at least one of the parties representing themselves. So we know that there are huge areas there that we need to improve services for. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of needs. Um, before we discuss the different programs that are going on during the week, uh, you mentioned a little bit about the increased uh, awareness about access to justice and the different needs. And in the last few years, we've seen an increase in access to justice initiatives and programs nationwide. So, Kim or Bree, I just wanted to get your thoughts on what you think are, why that's such a growing trend. So, you know, I think across Canada and, and in Saskatchewan, there is, you know, a vast history of of innovations in the justice system or, you know, dispute resolution sector, um, to name just one example, and, and you know, pretrial conferencing through our, um, through our judiciary, um, among various innovations, um, classic plea pro bono. Um, I guess the most recent um, kind of impetus for, for change um, came, out, came out of calls to action Back in 2013, 14, um, by two two touchstone reports, um, the CBA Reaching Equal Justice report set out um, you know key issues facing the justice sector and key miles milestones and, and timelines to, to help improve the justice system. Um, the launch of that uh, touchstone report came alongside um, a report um, that was that was called to be done um, by then Chief Justice Beverly McLaughlin, um, commissioned um, through the leadership of then uh, Supreme Court of Canada, Justice Cromwell. Um, and that report focused on the civil and, and family justice um, side of things, um, recognizing criminal justice sector has an array of, of areas for improvement as well, but recognizing that um, sometimes folks issues start on the civil and family side, um, focused on, on those two systems. So 
those two reports have definitely um, nationally um, provided some some calls to action, some some energy and, and leadership um, from you know our national judiciary and and, and national um, bar association. Uh, locally, um, um, I think a lot of energy was was brought to the current current kind of innovations that are happening um, through uh, a joint initiative um, between then Deputy Minister of Justice um, around that same time, um, Jerry Taggart, and then Dean of the College of Law, Sanjeev Anand, who formed the Dean's Forum on, on Access to Justice and Dispute Resolution, um, which was a gathering of, of key leaders in the province, including you know, judges from each level of court, the law society, pro bono plea, classic, um, indigenous representation, etc. Um, I could talk about about this initiative um, for hours, so I'll, I'll leave it there. But um, the first meeting of that being held in 2013 has uh, kind of cascaded into a series of of infrastructure innovations, including uh, the development of our provincial access to justice network that meets multiple times a year um, to to discuss opportunities for for innovation um, in Saskatchewan. Um, unique to Saskatchewan, um, the risk of talking about myself, um, we, we've established one of the few provinces that has taken up one of the calls to action in both the CBA and um, Cromwell reports. Um, to create an access to justice coordinating position um, that has evolved into our create justice access to justice center at the College of Law, which I also direct now. Um, but um, there's there's recognition, um, you know, in the in the last since 2013, there's been the recognition among among leadership and and what I often refer to as kind of a, a top down and bottom up approach of of folks that are committed um, both in leadership roles and at grassroots levels. And um, I think that represents a lot of opportunity in our province and uh, beyond in terms of, of addressing um, really the wicked problem that is access to justice and, and the complexity of it. And to add to what Bree's saying, um, it, a lot of the calls to action related to the need for all of us that work in the justice system to do a better job of working together. Um, we have a lot of overlapping mandates, but in the past, I think we always used to work in our own silos. And since these last round of reports came out, we've gotten a lot better at working on the edges of our mandate and working together in joint projects. Um, and just to give uh, an example of something concrete that is only been possible because of partnerships. Um, we do a lot of service provision and information for the public out of public libraries now. And we had a legal resources fair held there last year. And we had a number of lawyers who volunteered to speak about a variety of topics, including lawyers who were speaking about wills and estates. Again, one of the areas of, of great need. Um, and they committed to, we have a group of about five volunteer lawyers in Saskatoon who have committed to keeping that going on, offering a once per month information session about wills and estates held at the public library in Saskatoon. Um, and we even now have 
students, law students that are helping draft wills for people that otherwise wouldn't have the ability to hire a lawyer to do that. So um, again, we're, we're much better now at working together towards common goals. Thank you, Kim and Bree, for that very wonderful, comprehensive um, update on what's going on in the province in terms of access to justice initiatives. So now I'm going to throw it over to Mel, and we're going to highlight some of the main events that will be happening next week. Yeah, and and I just wanted to follow up just on what Kim was saying there, too. Um, In the last several years, again, the partnerships that we formed here at the Law Society with the Ministry of Justice, with Create Justice, you know, it it hasn't just been about, and again, we're going to go in more detail a little later on about some of the projects we're working on, but I just really wanted to highlight there's a lot of big blue sky ideas that are that that are being worked on and, and really big, you know, perhaps changes to the to the legal profession, to the justice system, um, perhaps to the courts that, that are going to be coming in years to come. But <clears throat> one of the beauties of, of, again, reaching out in this collaboration and and working with not only these two wonderful ladies, but the other people that I get to work with is some kind of I, I like to call them kind of the grassroots um, initiatives that that have been possible that are getting help to people now. Um, Like Kim mentioned, there's the wills and estates clinics Um, in Regina at the law society library. There's also what we now call walk in Wednesdays where people can come in and get uh, family law assistance. So, and, and again, those are just some small examples, but you know, we call them small examples, but they mean a lot to those people who are coming in for those clinics. So I'm just really proud of these partnerships and, and the work that we've been able to accomplish. So now I'll actually tell you what we're, uh, I'll actually answer what I was asked. Hey, I like it. I think that was very good information to share. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, so um, like we said, Access to Justice Week um, starts October 20th to the 25th. And there are activities and events, training opportunities offered for lawyers, members of the public, law students, the judiciary, um, I think I've covered everyone I could possibly cover there, but I mean, that gives you a sense. It's, it's not just for our law society members. It's not just for public. It, it's, there's a lot of lot going on. Um, the first, um, we have a walk-in wills and estates, uh, law information clinic that's happening Thursday, October 17th, uh, hosted by pro bono students, Canada and Miller Thompson in Saskatoon. Um, the next day on the Friday, we've got a law student, small urban and rural, rural law firm trip. Um, this is something that we've done for the last couple of years and it's, it's been really successful. And I think it's really, you know, opened the eyes for students to kind of see, um, what, uh, the needs are in some of these smaller locations. Um, on the Sunday, October 20th, there's going to be an afternoon and evening of free legal resources, uh, with a trade show, walk-in family law information clinic and legal information presentations uh, supported by the Ministry of Justice, uh, PBLS, which is, stands for Pro Bono Law Saskatchewan, for those of you out there who don't know, volunteer lawyers, uh, Pro Bono Students Canada, PLEA, and other various justice stakeholders. Um, and, of course, our, our wonderful colleagues um, at the Francis Morrison Central Library. Um, you'll, you'll hear a, a bit of a running um, commentary throughout how valuable the public library system has been in helping us get this messaging out and, and these services out to people. Um, there's also going to be a what can a legal coach do for you presentation that's going to be um, presented by uh, Lisa Eisen and sponsored by McCurcher uh, Law Firm it, uh, for the McCurcher Lecture Series and that will also be in Saskatoon. Um, Monday we have a legal coaching workshop 
Um, we also have some reflections on access to justice, which is such a wonderful talk, and, and I'm hoping that I can make it myself, but it's up in Saskatoon, uh, presented by the Honorable Justice Russell Brown, Supreme Court of Canada, and that's uh, hosted by the Saskatchewan Law Review and sponsored again by the McCurcher Lecture Series. On Tuesday, October 22nd, we have another legal coaching workshop. Uh, the first on the Monday is in Saskatoon. The second on Tuesday is Regina. Um, we also have a, another um, What Can a Legal Coach Do For You presentation. Again, the first was in Saskatoon on the Sunday. The one on, t- on Tuesdays in Regina. Uh, Wednesday, we have a, yet another presentation on What is Legal Coaching. Again, that's in Saskatoon. Um, Thursday, we have um, the Create Justice faculty uh, slash instructor research roundtable supported by Create Justice, which, which as you heard, Brie is a uh, director of. Um, and then Friday, we have the French Legal Information Center of Saskatchewan Information Booth hosted by um, the Center of Info Justice Saskatchewan, and that will also be in Saskatoon. So I've given you, as you can tell, numerous uh, events are going on, training opportunities. Um, you know, stay tuned for more information on that. At the end of the podcast, we'll, we'll tell you how you can receive some more information. And I guess with that, I'll hand it back to Julie. And we are at that point where you will tell me more information about where I can find more details about all the events that you just told me. Oh, okay. Um, And then we'll mention some specific projects that we're working on as well. Um, As you can see in there, we talked a lot about legal coaching. Um, After I let you know where you can find more information, we're going to give you a bit more information on legal coaching and bundling. Um, So the Legal Sorcery blog, which is the blog of the Law Society of Saskatchewan, is the official blog of Access to Justice Week, as it has been for since it began. So please, you can tune in there. There should be almost daily updates, posts um, coming up about the events that are coming up. Um, there's also going to be information on the Create Justice website. So you can go there. Um, if in doubt, again, check out the Law Society website, and there'll be links there for you as well. And I'll, again, I'll hand it back to Julie. Thank you very much. And Kim and Bree, I just wanted to also give you uh, one final uh, opportunity to talk about any specific projects that you have going on. I, as Mill has highlighted, a lot of this theming of this year's uh, Access to Justice Week relates to unbundling of legal services and legal coaching. Um, just for anyone that hasn't um, heard the concept of legal coaching before, it has been described as another type of unbundled legal services. Um, it, it's much more client-focused, though, than, than unbundled services often are. It is the client that, at the end of the day, is responsible for all of the work, and the client determines how often he or she needs to go to a lawyer for legal advice or assistance in drafting documents or um, tips for preparing to speak to a judge in chambers. It's all directed by the client. Um, It tends to be much more affordable. So in our view, people that right now might say, I can't afford to go to a lawyer and don't go anywhere for help, will be much more attracted to this type of a service um, and get advice at those critical moments in time. Um, So we're quite excited about that. We plan to have a new website for unbundling lawyers, legal coaches, um, and for the public go live during the Access to Justice Week. 
the other initiative that I will highlight um, for this year's Access to Justice Week is uh, Mel has already talked briefly about walk-in Wednesdays for family law information in Regina. Um, there are walk-in family law sessions held two times a month in Saskatoon, once per month in Moose Jaw, and we have been recently expanding to Prince Albert, so we're really excited that um, we will hopefully have near-monthly sessions in Prince Albert. We will also have a legal resources fair held at the public library in Prince Albert in January. So those are a few of our key actions this year. Um just to kind of build off of Kim's um, explanation, uh, excellent explanation of legal coaching and unbundling, wearing my um, Create Justice Director hat, um, I, I just wanted to say a couple of words and then and um, share a couple of other projects we have on the go that may be interesting to listeners. Um, I think one of the most exciting aspects of legal coaching and unbundling is the notion of legal empowerment that comes with it. So when you have a client who's either taking on certain parts of their case or they're more involved in the process and outcome, um, research has shown that they're more satisfied with the service that they get and their outcome. Um, and so that that same kind of feedback was received um, in, in a study that was done uh, by John Paul Boyd um, in the Canadian Research Institute for Law and the Family um, that found that 87.6% of clients were satisfied or very satisfied with the coaching and unbundled services their lawyers provided, uh, which represents a, a very high level of satisfaction. Uh, model is good for lawyers as well. Um, in terms of lawyers' experiences with unbundling, that report found that 91.7% of lawyers in the project were strongly satisfied or satisfied with providing unbundled services. Um, and 90% indicated they would continue to offer coaching and unbundled services. Um, and I, I mentioned some of those statistics um, because um, to kind of highlight the importance of, of measuring um, and having empirical evidence behind the initiatives that, that we're working on. Um, and that's just one example of, of many, you know, projects that um, we're working on together um, through our different justice sector stakeholders, uh, stakeholder organizations. Um, and I also mentioned the statistics because um, we will be um, following the launch of our website um, in, in several months following that, doing our own study in Saskatchewan so that both the public and lawyers can provide feedback on the resources that uh, the Law Society, Ministry of Justice, and Create Justice have put together, um, and, and that that project can evolve, and that we're supporting lawyers and the public um, as well as we can. Um, also, just quickly, I've, I've mentioned the interest in, in metrics and data and supporting um, you know, empirically driven policy change in Saskatchewan. Um, I won't go into depth of the data projects we have on the go. Um, we're currently updating our Create Justice website, but those data projects um, involve um, justice stakeholders from across the province. Um, another project that many listeners may have heard of that we're working on um, is establishing medical legal partnerships in Saskatchewan, where lawyers are um, 
part of an interdisciplinary health team uh, for the purpose of providing more early and integrated service delivery. Uh, we're, we're really excited about that project. Um, probably could have a whole podcast just on that topic. Um, and the last project I'll, I'll um, share about is an emerging project at Create Justice, um, recognizing that um, diversity in the legal profession um, is a key aspect of improving access to justice. Um, it was a key topic at our 2019 Dean's Forum on Access to Justice. And what's evolved since that meeting in terms of impact is starting a women in law uh, project uh, with more information to come on that one um, in maybe another podcast as well. Um, we've got a web of different initiatives going on among our different justice sector stakeholders. And, um, and Access to Justice Week is just one way to share about what we're doing um, um, and to also, as, as Mel um, talked about earlier in the podcast, um, engage new voices in the conversation. Um, one of the things we're really trying to do is uh, listen to the voices of people in Saskatchewan to better understand what their experience is with the justice system and to introduce change based on the public's needs. Uh, thanks, Bree. It's just Melanie again. And just just before we wrap up here, I, I just wanted to add a little bit to what Kim was saying about the uh, legal coaching and unbundling website that will launch about October 24th, I think is what we're aiming for. Um, just, just so our listeners know, the website's going to contain really great information about what is unbundled legal services, um, what is legal coaching. It's also going to have um, some resources to assist lawyers and the public to make the decision uh, to choose that type of service and how best to offer it. So there will be a model retainer letter for limited scope uh, services. There's going to be um, best practice sheets there. There's also going to be FAQs for the public and for lawyers, again, on how best to provide these services and, and, and just to get further understanding of what, what it is. So I, I really um, encourage our listeners to, to check it out when it launches. Again, stay tuned to our Legal Sorcery blog. There'll be more information there. Um, and, and, and that's about it. That was great, guys. Thank you so much uh, for this wonderful conversation about Access to Justice Week. Uh, Bree, Kim, and Mel, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs>